go to the last couple pages here, um, you'll see announcements and things that are happening. So again, welcome, especially if you're visiting today. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to leave your contact information to be part of the weekly email from the church, there is some contact cards at the welcome table uh, as you came in. Fill one of those out and leave it there and we can add you to the weekly email. Uh, just a, as I said, a couple of quick things to mention is that there is an Advent choir that is starting. So the first rehearsal is today at 11 o'clock at the community space over by our Rockwell offices. Um, so if you're interested, you can talk to Will Carter or, or Jody about that. It's 11 o'clock today. Also just want to mention that there is a men's gathering. Uh, Kevin Bacon is hosting a gathering on the 19th of November. That's at 7.30. Uh, so all the men are welcome to come, uh, invite neighbors and friends as well. But all that, all that details and information are in the back of your order, so I encourage you to look there. Um, one last thing to mention is um, we have Advent is coming in a couple weeks as we begin to look towards Christmas. And there are Advent bags as you came in that have uh, wreaths and candles available, so everyone is welcome to grab one uh, after the service today if you'd like to take one home and have that as part of uh, your home worship time. Well, at this time, uh, we, I can dismiss the kids to uh, their classes. There's a preschool and children's worship. They can head to see Melinda in the back. The older classes, junior high and third through fifth grade, can go over here to see Tommy, and then he'll take them downstairs and just point them to their classes. So anyone's, any kids that are participating in those classes can head to there now. Also, I want to invite Will Carter to come up. He's going to make an announcement on behalf of the deacons. morning everyone good to see you um, a couple of quick announcements from the from the deacon uh, team we've got uh, first the Thanksgiving basket so our um, will the other will shared a bunch about it last week but it's an annual tradition we help out the um, our community with a lot of stuff we do this is one specifically to the waters elementary school community um, we have three more baskets I believe that need to be claimed so if you have any specific questions about it let me know but it's basically either buying supplies for a Thanksgiving meal or uh, donating money to, for us to buy supplies for a Thanksgiving meal. And I encourage you to look beyond the, the list as well, uh, buying an extra toy or some extra uh, piece of food that you think the family might enjoy is, is more than welcome. So that's announcement number one. Number two is every quarter we talk about our uh, benevolence fund, which is a um, fund that we use for the community to provide uh, financial assistance to anyone in need, both in the church and uh, connected to the church within the community. Um, so the, the message is we're grateful for all your um, gracious giving over the last year, particularly during COVID. Um, it was amazing how much that fund grew. Um, and two things, the fund is available for use. So if you or someone you know has a financial need, um, please let us know, um, and we are excited to help. And then related announcement number two is please keep giving to that fund um, so that we can continue to support everyone here at the church and within the community. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Well, God has called us to come and to respond in worship. And as we gather in person and online, I want to take, invite you to take a moment of quiet as we prepare to come and worship God. Good morning. Will you stand and join us uh, from our call to worship from Psalm 1? 
is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. Everything they do prospers. wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. we pray, um, we do come with heavy hearts uh, this morning. One of our mission partners, uh, the True Light Child Care Program, which actually Ann Worley uh, helps and assist. Um, they lost their director, Ayei uh, Kaiden. Uh, he passed away from COVID um, after battling it um, back in Ethiopia. So we pray for him and his wife and his three sons. I will pray for that during our time together. 
Let us pray. Holy, eternal God, the true source of all of our comfort, peace, and joy, we come this day to find rest in your goodness and grace. In creating and sustaining all things, you provide each day our needs, and you have given us our very life and breath. In sending your Son, Christ Jesus, you restored and redeemed a people for yourself to be your children from our sins, our wrongdoings, our pride, our self-centeredness. Our attempts to find comfort and peace and joy apart from you, gracious God, often comes up empty, leaving us dissatisfied. Lord, we come weak and overwhelmed and confused, filled with doubt and hearts burdened with questions. And Lord God, in particular this morning, we do come. We come grieved to hear the loss of a faithful servant to you, to a faithful servant to the True Light uh, Child Care Project, to a father, to a husband. Lord, we pray that you would bring your peace and your comfort to this dear family, to the Kaiden family, that you would surround them with your love and presence. Lord, we pray for the church congregation that they are a part of. We pray for the the project and their ministry, that they would come around this family and support them in love. Lord, we also pray for this ministry, the loss of a leader in this time. Lord, we pray that you would sustain this ministry and the good work that they do for so many children and families. And Lord, we pray ultimately that we can celebrate both his life and the good work that he has done, and that his work for the widow, his work for the orphan, that it would touch our hearts and our lives and move us to see those around us who are in deep need of your loving kindness. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we continue to worship, God invites us to come to him to bring to him our sins, our burdens, our questions, and we're going to do this in a time of public confession and private confession. So would you please join me in prayer? This is what God told his people. I am the Lord your God, who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it shall, you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Almighty God, you have given us true rest in Christ. He has finished all the work needed for our salvation. But we often live our lives as if we don't have time to rest or pray or think about you. We meditate on our list and go about our days filled with anxiety and carrying heavy burdens. Help us to rest in your providence and love. Thank you. 
invite you to take a moment of quiet personal confession. Gracious, merciful God, Lord, we thank you that in Christ Jesus, you have lifted our burdens, you have wiped away our tears, and that you have restored our joy in you. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me for a moment as we hear these words of assurance? Uh, I invite you to say them with me. You, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, and abounding in love and faithfulness. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament lesson is from Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors and I will save the lame and gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in at the time when I gather you together for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. The New Testament lesson is from 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 to 13. 
If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he's born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning again. It's good to be able to worship together and thankful for a chance to look at the scriptures together. Uh, thank you, Taylor, for reading from God's Word. We're going to continue uh, looking at the Gospel of John, chapters 13 through 17. You'll see a note in your order. This has been our fall series, and this is a reminder. This is Jesus stepping out of the public to gather his friends, his disciples, for last time of teaching and of prayer, instruction before he is arrested, before he suffers and dies. And we've seen him teaching, but now as we come to chapter 17, he stops teaching and he prays. He prays. Last week we saw that he prayed for himself and for his calling. And today we'll see that he prays for his disciples. A note before I read our passage that's printed here. The language is beautiful, but also it's very uh, dense that in the ancient world often repetition was used to stress importance or to stress and emphasis, and we'll feel that repetition as we read our passage. So along with the sermon, I invite you, maybe there's a time of, of private time of reflection that you can have where you read slowly through this passage and consider it. Well, let's look at this is from John chapter 17, 6 through 19, and this is Jesus praying to the Heavenly Father. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name which you have given me, I guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Well, this is God's word given for our good. Well, as a way to enter in and to join in this prayer, we're going to ask two questions as we move through our passage. The first question is, how does Jesus describe the disciples' place? And the second question, what petitions does Jesus make for them? So let's start with this first question. How does Jesus describe the disciples' place or their situation? Padraig Padraig Otuma is a poet and writer, and in his writings he says, when we pray, sometimes we say to ourselves, I should be somewhere else, or I should be someone else. And Otuma suggests the phrase, hello to hear. (laughs) Hello to hear. Hello to where or who we are is a good place to begin a prayer. To name a place, to say hello to hear requires close looking requires resisting us, kind of dreaming of where we should be or where or who we expected to be and to look at actually where or who we are. Hello to here. I mention that because I think Jesus is doing something similar here. He is affirming the disciples' place, their situation. He is preparing to suffer and die and return to the Heavenly Father, but he speaks of their situation And he does so by speaking of union and separation. He starts with union. Do you hear some of the language he uses? Father, I have manifest your name to the people you gave me. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And now they believe that you sent me, and I am praying for them. He continues, and this is is personal, intimate language of connection. Remember, this is not a lecture but a prayer spoken with intimacy and conviction, a living embodiment of the intimate union that Jesus shares with the Heavenly Father. And in a world marked by division and loneliness, on a night that he was portrayed by one closest to him, Jesus has gathered his disciples around the table with him. He's washed their feet. He's served them. Now he invites them into this intimate prayer. Earlier, Jesus has said, I told you these things that my joy might be your joy, that your joy might be full. These things is what he's trying to invite them in again. These things being that we are not alone. That even in our mistreatment or our sin or our failures, God has not left us in such places but in Christ welcomed us into the mutual relationship of love between the Father and the Son. Our place, hello to here, includes that we are not alone. But Jesus doesn't only speak of union, he speaks of separation as well. The union the disciples share with him says, he says, brings separation with the world. Separation with the world. You are in the world, but you do not belong to it. 
And we need to stop and ask, what, what is Jesus saying here? What does he mean? And it's good to maybe start with the things he doesn't mean. He, he doesn't mean he's not dismissing the physical world. He's not dismissing our daily lives. He's not placing Christians as somehow superior over others or dismissing our obligation to our neighbors. He's not saying our backgrounds or our geographic homes do not matter. At times, the church has made the mistake of hearing those things. Rather, the world, as Jesus refers to it here, the world is not so much a place, but an orientation, a way of being, a system that holds to a confession, a confession that we might summarize as, I am my own, I belong to myself, or a confession that I am on my own, and the more I have, the more that I am. And this confession or posture is not just a couple of actions or a couple of choices, but a fundamental turning towards ourselves, a turning away from the God who made us and away from the neighbors that he made for us to love. You see, when Jesus speaks of the world, he's speaking of identity. You are mine, therefore you no longer belong to the world. And we see this tension that he's pointing to most clearly in the cross of Jesus. For think about this, what does the cross tell us? It tells us many things, but one thing in particular, that the, the world, the powers of the world, cast aside Jesus as a fool, as a criminal, as a problem. Yet in the resurrection from the dead, God vindicates Jesus and lifts him up as the righteous one, the one who is true the one who offers what life is meant to be. Hello to hear. Jesus is inviting the disciples and us with them to see where we are. You are in but not of the world. And Jesus is affirming and making clear that the world and its systems and its actions and what it's telling us who we should be this is not the primary force that determines who you are. It's not the primary force that tells you what your purpose is. So Jesus begins the, with this placing, the placing of the disciples to know again where they are, even as they begin to pray with him. The second question that we can ask, though, is what petitions does Jesus make for them? He tells them where they are, their situation, but what petitions does he make for them in this place well before i mention there's three of the three in particular that he says but before i mention it's helpful to, to think that what he's doing primarily is that he's asking the father that his close friends his disciples that they would not be pulled back into the world that they would not follow false hopes or false stories that they would not lose their way or forget their union with him and so he prays to God, the Father, and he makes three petitions. He prays for their unity or their oneness, that in Christ that we may be learning to be brothers and sisters. He prays for their joy to be fulfilled, that we would know the joy even in the midst of suffering that we belong to God and that God belongs to us. That Jesus prays also for their protection. Keep them in your name, 
keep them from evil. And these petitions, we could talk at long length at each one, but what I want us to see this morning is that they echo. They echo what Jesus has said about himself as the good shepherd. Remember Jesus in the Gospel of John says, who I am, I am the good shepherd. Come to lead, to guide, to teach and protect and lay down my life for my sheep, my people. Jesus is saying that while there are many hired hands and many false protectors, I am the good shepherd. I did not leave you in your isolation and wandering, but I found you and carried you, and I will not lose any one of you, and I'm laying down my life for you, my sheep. And so now he prays to the Father that these disciples, that they will not be removed from the world, but rather he says, as you sent me into the world, Father, I send them in my name. And he prays that they would be his representatives. And in this work, Jesus prays that they would be protected from evil, that they would rest in his joy and they would seek to live life together as his people as they continue his earthly ministry by the Spirit. This is the calling not only for the disciples, for, for you and me as well. This might be strange, but as I was thinking about this calling and the tension that the prayer references, I thought about my sock drawer. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> It's not actually a drawer. I just have a box in my closet where I keep my socks. Maybe you have this experience too, but the, you know, there's some socks that are better than others, that are more comfortable to wear than others, especially the ones that maybe are a little loose or getting a little thin and the, the heel or the toe, they, they tend to get pushed to the back of the box or to the bottom of the box. The ones that look better, more comfortable stay on the top. Why am I telling you about this? What brought this to mind? Well, I want to suggest that when we think about the, the place that Jesus has laid out and what he's asking for God to do in our life, that sometimes we can think about religion in this same way as we think about this box of socks. Or what God's actually calling us to, or what religion is, is learning how to push down the things that are a little bit thin in your life. Learning how to hide the things that are a little bit uncomfortable or loose, and learning how to bring forth the things that people want to see or are comfortable with. And as Jesus invites us into this prayer to see where we are and say hello to it and to seek what God wants for us, I want us desperately this morning to know that that is not the religion that Christ sets before us, learning to hide or cast aside the things that are thin and uncomfortable. Rather, at the heart of this prayer, the echo of the petitions is to see again him as the good shepherd. That the religion he invites us to is to know the heart of the one who came to find us, to rescue us, and to lay down his life for us. In his book, Gentle and Lowly, Dane Ortland says that in the four Gospels, there are 89 chapters but there's only one place that Jesus talks about his own heart. Only one place. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. 
For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus in his prayer is not hoping that we learn how to put aside the things that are thin or uncomfortable and hide them. He's praying that we would know the heart of him as our good shepherd. I am gentle and lowly in heart, gentle or meek, one who uses his strength in a way to honor and care for others, not harsh or quick to anger, not easily exasperated, but willing and to receive and carry the burdens of others. Lowly, humble, the opposite of proud and haughty, the one who knows the pain and difficulties of this life, knows even what it means to be thrust down by others. And Jesus says to us that the leaders of this world will lord it over you, but not so with me. And in doing so, he invites us not only to know his heart, but to be his people. For he says, the greatest among you is the one who serves. And he gives us an example. If I've washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do unto others. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you belong to me. You see, Jesus in this place of tension, in these petitions, ultimately invites us back to know his heart and the example that he set. That we find rest in him and that we live as his people, not those who love the world. Not those who love the ways of the world, sorry, but those who love the world and its neighbors. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. And we thank you that you gathered us here in your name. And we pray, Lord, that you minister to us in our sorrows and our questions and our weariness. But that in doing so, you would also send us forth as people who represent you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand with us? We'll sing together. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms.
God, you raised up Christ to rule over all creation, giving him the name which is above all other names. We praise you that lifted and empowered Jesus lives and reigns forever in your glory, and so fulfills his promise to be with us always to the end of time. It is good and right for us to join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. Having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. Uh, during this time, instead of coming forward and sharing a loaf, we are participating in communion through the prepackaged elements. If you're a follower of Christ and are planning on participating in communion uh, today, then you'll need one of these. I invite you, if you have one, to open that and prepare it. Uh, if you need one, just raise your hand and, and Rob can bring one to you. Anybody need one? Okay. Well, God invites us to come to the table that he has set for his people. In this table, we see uh, a symbol, a picture, something that we can hold and taste and see that tells us about who God is and his kingdom, the kingdom that he's established in Jesus. And we have to remind ourselves regularly because it's different than the story that we have often within us or around us. But the story of this table is that, that God, the good shepherd, came to find sheep that had wandered off or become lost who had become hurt or wounded and lost their way. To invite them to come and to sit at the table that he sets, a table set for sinners that know the forgiveness that God has, a table that's set for those who are weary, they find rest in the table of God. Even those who have questions or burdens or worries, that they can come and again be fed by the food that God gives in his grace.
The prophet Isaiah asks, why do we labor for what does not satisfy? What do we pay for food that will not meet our very depths? Come to God and be delighted with the richest affairs. This table is a place in which we'll know love and forgiveness, the acceptance of Christ. I pray that his spirit would meet us this day and minister to us in his name. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this table, this thing that we can see and hold and touch and taste, this bread and cup that tells again about who you are. No matter who we are or where we're coming from this day, Lord, let us be reminded, let us see again the wonder of your love and grace. Meet us wherever we are and lift our heads by who you are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body, even for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole, us eat in faith. When Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins, let us drink in faith. In response to this table, I invite that you would stand with me, that we can pray and sing as God's people. Lord Jesus Christ, grant us faith to trust in your grace alone as we proclaim the mystery of faith. special guest with us this morning and I just want to invite uh, Justin Block to come forward. He's the uh, uh, new executive director of the Friendship Center. You'll see a note in your order. Really thank you Justin for making time to join us. Justin's going to give a, a little bit of an update about the Friendship Center and ways that we can be involved. Um, this is an uh, important food pantry in our neighborhood and we're very thankful for the work that goes on there with volunteers and with, with the Justin leading. So thank you Justin. Hey everybody, thanks for inviting me today to be with you. Um, I am, uh, as Chad mentioned, or Pastor Chad mentioned, I am Justin Block. I'm the new executive director of the Friendship Center. Um, although for a couple of years I was on the board there, so it's an organization I'm very passionate about. Um, as it's written in your uh, order of worship, we are a food pantry, but beyond that, we also have a pet food pantry. We do a hot meal service, and we also um, have started senior deliveries especially important during COVID uh, for folks who um, either can't or don't feel comfortable um, coming to the center but still need a meal. Um, <clears throat> while our numbers during last year were astronomical, we served over 47,000 folks um, during last year, calendar year. Those numbers are down slightly, which is a good thing, but unfortunately those numbers are starting to rise again. A, because um, the recovery is not equal for everybody, 
And secondly, as we head into this holiday season, um, the food prices are beginning to rise, utility prices are going higher, and now people are also trying to um, put money away to buy gifts for their families. So making choices in the home is very difficult during this time. So <clears throat> beyond, beyond today, next year we're looking forward to making improvements in the, in the Friendship Center, making the um, shopping experience normal or more normal for folks so that when they come to us, it feels like a grocery store. It doesn't feel like a handout. We want to reduce stigma and make sure that the people that need charitable food assistance are at the center of all the decisions we make. So the Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church has been a foundational partner, um, especially in the last several years, even though we've been around for 50 years. And we look forward to um, continuing to serve our community together in the future. So thanks so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you, Justin. Um, I just encourage you after the service of a chance to say hello to Justin. That would be great. I'm going to offer a prayer for Justin and the Friendship Center. Lord, we give you thanks that you are the God who cares for our bodies along with our, our souls. And so we thank you also for the call that you've put on our life as your people to feed those who are hungry and to care for those who have needs. And so we thank you, especially for Justin and the work that he's doing, uh, caring for people with food insecurity in our community. We thank you for all the volunteers, the board, and all the other staff who are helping make that happen at the Friendship Center. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us as your people be supporters of that in our, with our means and with our time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank Justin. You. Well, as we conclude our service, I invite you to stand with me that we can join together in our doxology, giving God thanks. Let's sing together. Before receiving God's blessing, just a couple of quick reminders that if you'd like to take a Thanksgiving basket and be part of that program for Water School, they're by the entryway. Also, there are um, Advent bags there that are, have wreaths, or just if you don't need a wreath, there's just bags with candles that you can take home to have an Advent wreath during the Advent season. That will begin November 28th, so you can grab one on your way out if you'd like. Receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace now and forever. Amen. And go in peace. Mm -hmm.